Happy Halloween, universe. It is 111 here on the 31st of October. And this is the PM. I'm not coming to you from 111 AM, though I could have. Um, I got my wallet back. All right. Here's the thing. The place that I left it is the place that I thought I left. The only place that I could have left it. The place that I called three separate times, got three different individuals, all of whom said, it's not here. So today, knowing that there were really no other options other than it falling out of my shit while I rode, which is just not very likely. And I'd even been back and forth across the path that I took several times, seeing if I would see it on the side of the road. Well, I finally backtracked all the way to the establishment to say, I know this is a long shot. I know this doesn't even have purpose. I don't even know why I'm here. It's just... Any chance you have a silver wallet that looks almost like a woman's makeup uh, case or some sort of hard drive? I mean, could that possibly be here? No? Okay, well, thanks. I mean, I'm glad you looked. Um, wait, does it... Yeah, yeah, it looks just like that. That is... Yeah, go ahead, open it up. Look at my driver's license. That'll be me. Thank you. Are you fucking kidding me? And it's not like it was in the back office in a desk drawer that was locked. It was under, it was in the cabinet under the register where all the fucking lost shit is. And I even called in the first day and said, hey, did you find a wallet? Then I realized that day that I had asked for a wallet, which is not really even what it looks like. So then I called back that afternoon and said, hey, did anybody turn in a plastic silver latched case the size of a big credit card? Uh, hold on. Five minutes of looking. Back office, under the, you name it, right? Went through some chairs even or something. Nope, not here. Ah, okay, thanks. Call back two days later, knowing there's really only one place it could be. And I should have ridden my fucking ass out there and said, can I inspect your place and see if this is here? I knew that. And not having done that is my fault. But I still followed up with a phone call two days later, got somebody entirely different than I got those first two phone calls, who went looking through the, all of the various places that lost and found items were stashed and said there was nothing at all. Okay, thanks. At which point I canceled my credit card. Because I figure, okay, it's it's obviously done the chaotic thing of just disappearing out of my bag. Or it has been stolen by somebody at work. Or whatever. There's just no real option here that makes sense. So, the thing to do is to make sure that I don't suffer any further uh, setbacks and cancel my credit cards. So, that's Friday, Saturday, Friday, Friday, I think. And 
today, well, here's my credit card that I canceled, that I can't use, that I now won't have another credit card for a week, so I have to go another week without money, which is not easy, because really I have $1.78 right now, and I probably have enough cat food to get through a week, but it'll be close. And enough human food, it'll be close. Um, even though I have my complete wallet back intact right here. Even the cash. What do you know? So, fuck. Now I'm going to go fly my tennis racket, right? <laughs> uh, why do I have to cancel my fucking cards? Because it was a smart thing to do. The chance of my wallet coming back to me after a week with all of these various negatives in play was less than 1%. Less than 1% of 1%. Except I didn't do the one thing I should have done. Go back to the establishment and demand better of the people who were there instead of just talk to them on the phone. Well, another brush with mediocrity, huh? Okay, so does that make October not the worst month of the year? Now that I got my wallet back? Kind of. Except I did lose my tennis racket, which fucking makes it one of the contenders for the worst month of the year. But then again, that thing with my parents walking out, I think that's what I should go settle right now. I mean, it is Halloween. I should go up to their house and say, all right, it's been three weeks since I walked out. Well, technically three weeks and two days. So can we powwow on why I did that? Should I do that? Hmm. Well, what else do I have to do? It is Halloween. I do have an open mic. And I don't have a costume ready. So there's other stuff I could be doing. But that field trip to my parents sounds fun. And hey, look at that. We're at 623 here on the old recording. So if I pause on 628, that's just perfect. Well, <clears throat> hey, universe. It's now uh, 920 on the 1st of November. So Halloween is gone. Just like this last bite of this burrito. Mmm. Pause. <clears throat> Unpause. <clears throat> I hope everyone had a safe Halloween. I know I did. <clears throat> and a fun one, and a productive one, in that uh, my little foray into comedy is making headway, but none of that matters. I don't even care. This fact, in fact, um, I've sort of uh, reconciled the, mm, the qualms I have toward the business of comedy by uh, by agreeing with myself that I think I'm okay if I do nothing more than speak at Denver, Colorado open mic comedy nights or wherever I happen to live at the time. Um, I'm not looking to uh, put on five minutes or seven minutes or 20 minutes at Comedy Works because, well, there's a lot of reasons. But the number one reason is I don't like the idea of polishing an act to the nth degree. I like the idea of being funny in real time. And uh, 
if you want to be on The Tonight Show, well, you're going to have five minutes of comedy that makes people laugh in Arkansas or Alabama or Arizona or Alaska. Your material has to be somewhat perfect. And I have no interest in chasing that kind of uh, precision down with the uh, <clears throat> alternative being able to capitalize on the moment and make people uh, break up in real time at something that's occurring for this one and one time only. I, the rest of it, again, I am hugely um, impressed by the people who can do it. Not because I feel like they're, um, they're giving up on their comic gift to become a showman, though I think that a little bit. But it's more that um, enduring the reaction of the audience over and over again in the drive to present something so comedically perfect that you get laughs from Alaska to Alabama. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. I hate to say that first because that makes me feel like, well, am I just fucking lazy? But no, I mean, first of all, I don't think of writing jokes and the, uh, the intellectual time devoted to comedy as work. I do think of going on stage as work because I'm still not confident in my presence on stage, <clears throat> at least in front of rooms of people with whom I have no connection. It's getting a lot easier to go on open mic nights in front of people that I know. That's actually one concern that I do have. But <clears throat> to get up in front of audience after audience after audience and take the beating that it is to know that that's not the way to word the joke, the way I did it last night's funnier. I don't know that I want that kind of relationship with the audience. I don't want to have... I don't want to see the audience as something I am at their beck and call. More than anything, I guess, I fear becoming something I'm not because that will make the audience laugh. And while I think in some versions of stand-up comedy, that's the point. It doesn't have to be for me, so why would I let my life go that way when I don't want it to? So, that's why I don't think it matters to me what kind of reaction I'm getting from anybody. I go up to say things because I have something to say. I go up and become who I am on stage, or am now evolving, into who I am on stage because that person will be the same person I am a year from now, I was a year ago, and will be in a decade. And I'm not trying to dismiss my own personal evolution. Of course, I'll have more nuanced and uh, sophisticated takes on things as I expand my life experiences, but I won't be different. I'll just have learned new things. And that matters to me. Keeping my integrity on stage in public is one trigger to keeping my integrity, period. 
knowing that I can be myself in front of a complete room of strangers talking about ideas and concepts that frankly are there to challenge them. Well, that isn't exactly the formula to getting on stage at the Comedy Works. <clears throat> and I could talk about cocks and pussies and all the fucking gagging on daddy's cum that all these other comics think has some sort of resonance in the world of comedy. But no, no, no. That isn't me. What I'm about is asking questions that get to the absurdity, the conundrums, the, huh, yeah, life's a piece of shit moments of thought. And unfortunately, given what this lines on a map territory called the United States of America is up to, and my citizenry therein, well, I do feel I have, I have to go through at least my personal take on what my country is doing that does not represent me whatsoever, not even a little bit, not even a little bit. So, let me go grab my notes, we'll finish this up, and uh, if that doesn't sound like fun, I'm with you. It doesn't sound like fun. Sorry, but it has to be done. Okay, and <clears throat> obviously, not just my notes, but we better go find the bong, too. Pause. Unpause. Oop, pause. Okay, so, tonight's discussion on war, one of my favorite topics, will be sponsored by Apple Fritter, Strawberry Cough, Blue Dream, and Cheetah Piss. Because nothing produces more uh, enlightening war topical discussion than a quick hit of Cheetah Piss. On that note, pause. Okay. <clears throat> I'm, I'm paused. Um, which one did I just hit? Is that the... I think that... Oh, man. Well, we'll hit them both again, just in case. So, <clears throat> Strawberry Cough is probably um, one of my favorite weeds because it was the first weed I bought legally. That and Granddaddy Perps. But, <clears throat> while Strawberry Cough, uh, say, wouldn't be my first choice over uh, Durban Poison, Blue Dream, or uh, Super Lemon Haze, or Bruce Banner or Jack Herrera. Um, since then, I've learned quite a bit about the sativas that I prefer more. I always come back to Strawberry Cough uh, at some point when I'm getting uh, a little uh, redundancy in my sativa rotation because I really like the goofiness that comes with it. So, if I get a little goofy, well, I warned ya! Pause. Well, hang on, don't pause. I need to talk about long-term goals. Okay, long-term goals and the value of doing something that you can only realize long-term. Uh, for instance, investing in your future by opening a 401k or exercising which is the current paradigm on which I'm able to speak. Because it is now 55 days. Well, this is the 1st of November, so we have 55 days until Christmas. Which means yesterday marked the official eight-week point countdown until Christmas. And 
I am easily uh, two weeks worth of endurance, strength, and overall conditioning training into my program. So uh, my 10-week program with eight weeks to go, I'm certainly a little ahead of schedule. But only a little. And considering... <coughs> oh, strawberry cough. Make me cough. <coughs> Pardon me. Sorry, don't mean to cough in your face. Um, all right, pause. All right, coughing fit neutralized by... <sighs> Sandy Sweet Watermelon Soda. yippee ki All right. Um... Long-term goals. The idea that you do something today that's inconvenient, not fun, hard work, uh, frankly, the last fucking thing you feel like doing, um, in order to achieve something long-term, is <clears throat> not my forte. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed now how little emphasis um, I ever felt was appropriate to place on long-term objectives. Sole reason being, I didn't really, uh, <clears throat> I didn't really think anything that could pay off 20 years from now could outweigh what could pay off today. And I was wrong. I mean, clearly I was wrong. But not terribly wrong. And that's, I guess, the point I, I wanted to address. You need to have two or three stable, long-term goals working in your life at all times, one of which has to be your own financial security thanks to the fact you live in capitalist America. And if you don't live in capitalist America, I still imagine securing some level of financial future for yourself has value. Now, it has less value than you think because at any time our fiat currency situation can implode and you're left with a dangling carrot of zero. Uh, yeah. That was always one of the reasons that I never wanted to get into it because I did think that in my lifetime the American dollar was going to implode. Now, <clears throat> if that turns out to be wrong, I'm going to have seriously miscalculated. But the more we get toward this... Uh, the more we get into the 21st century, the more I think I might have been right. But let's not be pessimistic. Here's for a strong American dollar until the day I die. That would be the best possible outcome for my life. Um, and should it turn out that our fiat currency does implode, well, then the thing to have secured for your immediate future survival are either services, that which you are able to provide, or goods, those which will be in need by everybody, which would include seeds, ammunition, uh, fuel, and whatever else uh, you can think of to protect yourself from a circumstance of <laughs> of brutal uh, um, conditions. 
<clears throat> so, with that in mind, I'd be stocking up on a bunch of uh, bullets and and guns to trade, right? Well, fuck no. Fuck no. Although I can't say, if the dollar collapses or somehow we are thrust into a position of uh, of <clears throat> no energy, having a gun will be uh, an absolute need. So the idea that I don't have one is strictly to keep myself from killing myself. Just like a lot of other Americans. Um, because anymore... I can actually now see why I would want to be able to have access to a gun given certain potential outcomes that are now very much in play. <clears throat> I wouldn't have said anything like this even 10 years ago. But it's not, not a chance 20 years ago. I couldn't have thought like this 30 years ago. I'm still a little shocked that I do think like this. It's kind of like having to revisit all that biblical shit because all of a sudden so many of those prophecies seem to be actively realizing. Okay. Beyond the goodness that Strawberry Cough has given me to think laterally, let's get back on point. We were going to talk about war, but that doesn't mean I've forgotten that I left dangling, that I was going to go to my parents' house, which I did. So maybe after this bong hit, we should talk about that first. Then we'll talk about war. Then I'll go to work. Okay. Unpause. So that, what did I just hit next? That was Blue Dream. So I got Apple Fritter. Oh no, that was the Cheetah Piss. Nice. So I got Blue Dream and Apple Fritter as go-to dabs for getting us through the rest of this conversation. But before we get to the war part, which will probably require both of those, uh, <clears throat> going up to my parents yesterday, I... Uh, Oh shit, was I supposed to do that today? Oh fuck, I think I was supposed to go up there and do the leaves today. I totally forgot. I think my mom did too, or she would have texted me. Oh fuck. Sorry for realizing this in real time. Okay. Uh, I went up yesterday and actually had a pretty good time with my mom. And I say pretty good because... I was able to push one thing toward her. And here's my new... Uh, and I was lucky to run into just my mom. My dad was somewhere, so my mom was alone. And um, I was able to have... Well, I was able to tell her a lot of real things for me, which I just blurt out now. I don't give a shit what she reacts to. Um, and... Um, Having found my wallet, I walked her through the whole week of uh, losing and finding my wallet. Um, and so was also able to uh, secure a little bit of cash to get through this time when I have no access to money. So, yay, kitty, right? Yay, totally. New litter box, that's nice. Okay, so living on the cusp of uh, financial insolvency leaves me in situations where once in a while I have to borrow fucking 40 bucks from my mom. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> and why I haven't thrown $300 into a cubbyhole so that when I need to borrow money, I can borrow money for myself? Well, because I can't trust myself that much. And that $300 would easily go to, say, five bars of mushroom chocolates if somebody were offering them in the bar. And I was like, wait a second, I have $300 I can get a hold of. So I know myself well enough not to think that that's a situation that's sustainable 
having an empty wallet means I don't spend money on stupid shit. But that also means occasionally I have to go see my mom and say, I need $40. Um, but she's never been anything but awesome about letting that happen because I only leverage it as necessary, which is frankly probably once a year because I'm lame like that. But it keeps me from being extreme. Living in poverty is not a problem for me. I actually somewhat prefer it. Um, though the fine line between having enough money for cat food and not having enough money for cat food is not a line I recommend anybody else walk on this planet. <clears throat> what you should do is become a lot better about uh, having safety valves for all the things in your life that are necessary, like your car or your, uh, I don't know what else is necessary that people have, but if you're not able to sustain a hit to something that you need to replace it with something that you can make do with, uh, then you're in a stressful position because you know that at any point, if that thing gets unexpectedly taken, the domino effect across your life will be devastating. I don't live in that situation because I've stripped myself of everything. I don't have anything that can go away because I don't have anything. And <clears throat> because I live with such minimal commitment, I am rather liberated to not feel I can be oppressed by anything. You cannot leverage something against me by saying, but what if we take this? You can't take but that which is mine, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those things should you infringe upon. Well, now we have a discussion. And as I see what's happening in my country, infringing upon those very ideals, those that I thought our country was founded on. Well, of course I'm discombobulated. Though not like I am when I lose my wallet. <clears throat> no, that's way more discombobulated. So really I'm more semi-combobulated. Um, it's... <clears throat> it's... Um, hmm, what is it? Unfair? It's reckless? It's demeaning? It's off-putting. It's anger-inducing. It's menacing. The <clears throat> stance of war. In other words, committing that military branch slash uh, um, whatever your group, we'll call my group America, whatever your group has determined is necessary to fortify its position of current standing relative to a world of opportunity and threat is a decision that shouldn't be taken lightly. In fact, it's maybe the most important decision besides that which you are using to uh, to bring new uh, children into your midst. What are you, you what, how are you teaching your youth? How are you defending and 
and prepared for incursion against your current status as a nation would be third to how are you promoting the welfare of the world as, as a nation of favor. So I get that this has to have some level of forced um, seniority in the considerations of what are we up to collectively. I hate that it does, but it does. So I'm realistic that when I've allowed this particular um, concern to essentially uh, uh, offshore it to the people who really give a shit, I've been negligent to the point of being a poor citizen for not having been more concerned that none of my uh, values or feelings of purpose as a person in unity with all other persons here on 8675309 Earth are being met through the foreign policy that my country represents. And this has been my whole life. So I'm a hypocrite here forever. Um, and the idea that, <clears throat> that <sighs> this is such a John move, but the idea that we skate our own noble intents by farming out the ignoble enterprises to those who will, on our behalf, skirt laws that we would otherwise consider hmm, clear points of non-negotiation. Well, that, that, that's something that I would have been like, you know what? I mean, I know we can't go fucking listen in on all that shit the Senate's up to, but you know the Australians could do it. And then just tell us what they're hearing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I thought about it at lunch. I know, I know. It's like, how many other ways can we use this? Every other way? I mean, seriously, think about it. It's just, it's such, it's such a John move. That's exactly who I used to be. Someone who would have no issue knowing that this loophole was there and leveraging it to a point of not even understanding that there is a reason that you don't want to spy on your own citizenry. It fundamentally changes who you are. You become an enemy of your own state because you no longer can participate in the community that you're swearing you're there to protect. You now have become outside of that just by your actions. And so, but you can't know what's for your own good. There is no such knowledge, which is why there are actual legacy wisdom tales of yore. Because when you have seen the cycle perpetuate three, four lifetimes in a row, well, now you know the cycle exists. And now you know if it exists in a way that it can't be avoided, it must be managed. Or if it exists in a way that its identification and direct uh, countermeasure against 
is necessary. Well, if it takes four cycles to even realize the cycle is there, somebody in the fourth cycle better be saying something. And the idea that if you want to live in a society filled with equal opportunity for all, one of the things that is absolutely necessary is freedom of speech and access to privacy. Nobody wants their entire life exhibited in front of the public square. We didn't come here in individual meat suits so that we could be universally exposed to the collective. Jesus. Right, Jesus? Yeah. Even Jesus came down here in a meat suit. So, if you don't have privacy, you don't have the opportunity to think the thoughts in your head that you know you're not going to go through with in reality. But that level of lunacy that lives a little bit inside of you, well, it, it needs to live there. Because being that which is of the good requires you to turn down that which isn't. And not having the private thoughts to trip around in that thorn bush is unfair. It just isn't the way you're composed to exist here. You're on an individual struggle of the kind that is unique in the galaxy, in the universe. So to lose the depth of inner dialogue that comes with reflection and the moments of privacy that are okay to be all yours, well, jeez. What the fuck? All right, what's that have to do with war? I don't know. Why is the cat on the piano? Kitty. Please, please don't. No, come, come. Okay, whatever. Cats, right? Um, <clears throat> cheetah piss. Oh, you know, before I go full on, and I'm going to just follow my notes from here forward. Um, so I'll quit getting off track. But circling back to my mom, having... A realization yesterday that I've probably had before but just hadn't really come to grips with it was our whole family's dynamic of game playing and by this I mean board games I mean every kind of five-way competitive activity you can come up with um, four-way if my mom's not interested but it's the it's the currency by which we're able to be ourselves. And no other circumstance are we in that currency. But when I'm alone with my mom, she and I can be real with each other. Like, I do not have a filter for what comes out of my mouth. Some of the things I said yesterday, I was like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say that in front of you. I know that probably even burdens you that I'm acting like that, but uh, I'm just no longer going to live in a way that's um, that's cloaked. It just There's nothing about me I'm ashamed of or even think is tracking negatively. So, you know, if you want to point out something you think is uh, 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 contradicting that sentiment, I'm all for it. Let's have the conversation. And <clears throat> that freedom of vulnerability has allowed me to give my mom a space safe enough 
to open up a little bit. Like, I'm a little shocked at the shit that was coming out of my mouth, but I'm really shocked at some of the shit that came out of my mom's mouth. <laughs> I mean, in a good way. In a, in a, oh, wow. Thank you for trusting me enough to uh, have a dialogue of this nature with me. And I know my mom thinks uh, I've done some... Uh, I think my mom believes my list of scandal is longest by far in the family. So anything scandalous, um, I'm going to have a much less harsh reaction to than my sister or my dad, who have been, as far as I know, not very scandalous at all. Um, so I think she comes to me with her um, unsure uh, um, senses easier because I never would judge her. But the thing she said yesterday, I know if she's been silent about this with everyone but maybe a therapist in her life, is just tragic. I hate that we're so um, prone to hold ourselves back on our own guilt. And especially shit we did as kids. Kids do stupid fucking shit. It's just as part of kid shit. It is. We're all okay with that, too. Just monitor your kids for getting into the signs of psychopathy, and everything else is pretty much okay. If they're out murdering raccoons, ugh, it's time to have a discussion. But that's, that's about where you want to start limiting them. And with that in mind, the idea that the guilt that everyone's running around with, that they did dumbass shit as a kid... Well, <laughs> it's your job as a kid to learn what dumbass shit is. So, if you don't have some dumbass shit on your ledger, you didn't push far enough. And if you do, forgive yourself for it. You are a kid. All right. That's essentially what I got out of being with my mom for two hours yesterday. And it was a great two hours. One that I'm now already plotting, how can I get back there when my dad's not around? That's important. And the same for him. But uh, that's just me uh, being a little bit schemy with my family. But unfortunately, they don't really react well in the environment that is all of us together. They do a lot better in an environment where it's one-on-one -on -one and they don't have to worry about what others are thinking. So, given that I don't give a shit what any of them have to think, um, I can usually free them all up to be themselves when I get them alone. So more of that for my mom. I will try to uh, make myself available. All right, what time is it? I do have to work at 11, and that means that... Oh, fuck, it's 10.15. 10.14, to be accurate. So let's say we got six minutes to get through war. That, that's fair. That's, and let's see if we can do it in five. All right. <clears throat> to me, war is the absolute last measure, right? You have no choice. There is no alternative. You are left with no outcome except committing your military reserve forces to stand up for the principles of your nation. Okay. In our country, it takes an act of Congress to get us into a war. Which is why most of the shit we do, we do subversively. And... That is the number one disagreement I have with my country. 
we can't stand up and take credit for what we're doing because we're coercive about our actions more than we are straightforward. To me, invoking your armed forces is about the most straightforward fucking thing there is. And you better be able to explain it in detail to me as a citizen of the nation why that measure is what is necessary. The idea that you're doing these things in cloaked form? Again, it gobbles up your soul. I'm not vulnerable to it. You are. And you're the ones who decided to circumvent the entire wisdom of the collective because you thought you knew better. Well, reap your rewards. Um, now, in life, I do not like having a plan. Um, I like to spontaneously let things go where they go. Even on trips, even in um, senses of adventure, I'll have researched the fuck out of stuff, but from there I just want to let things take their course. Now, <clears throat> I'll admit this isn't always the best outcome. And my sister is very similar, but will then have a plan. Because to her, well, you've done all the research, so now the point of doing that is to make a plan. And I say the point of doing that is to be able to bob and weave in real time with at least some foundational footing. Okay, probably the same fucking thing, if we're being honest. But that little discrepancy to me disappears in certain circumstances. Like, if I am jumping out of an airplane... I actually want to have an entire plan ready to go. I want to know it all. I want to know exactly how that's going to work. And I want to go through it in detail. And then I want it to execute exactly as we had described it. I feel the same about war. You haven't gotten to this point without exhausting all other possible discussions, points of uh, possibility, incursion consistencies, whatever. Think through it all before that's the last thing left. Now, I know that's not reality. I get it. I'm saying who I am. I know people like Lindsey Graham have been championing war with Iran since I was in college. People plan for war in our country. They aim to create enough unsettled, discordant populace that we can go in there and fix it with violence. I know. I know. So, if, if you're not literally thinking of war as the, as the ultimate... I am willing to die for what is on the table right now because we cannot seem to come up with an agreement any other way. In fact, I would think if, if you're a leader who declares that we must go to war, you should be the first motherfucker going. If all of our elected leaders had to use... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm afraid the cat might pee on my mitten, so I had to get up and move. But if all of our leaders had to use their own personal lives as the first 
example of how they they were voting to legislate. Do you know what kind of different legislation we would have? Fuck. Anyway. So you're you're telling me now as I watch the coverage of what's happening in the Middle East that there is no uh there is no thought through consideration as to what's going to happen next. It's just, we will do whatever it takes to rid ourselves of the threat that is Hamas. That is the marching order that has been transmitted to all of us because that's what you hear again and again and again and again. Except when my cat's scratching the laundry basket. Please don't pee in the laundry. Please, please, please don't pee in the laundry. So, I'm furious, to be honest, that I'm represented by a country who is supporting with 100% uh, uh, confidence an act that there is no plan for, especially if you're Israel and you're deciding how to deal with Hamas. What else do you sit around and think about? And you have no plan? Except we will do whatever it takes. Bullshit. Your plan is the extermination of the goddamn Palestinian people. It's plain to see if anybody's looking. There's no way they haven't thought this through. This is the end game. Netanyahu is committed to one and one outcome only. And I'm afraid (laughs) that when you become that committed to a cause based on everything but what your soul came here to do, well, the rest of us are going to have to deal with the fallout. So, what else do I want to say from this list? Huh. Why do you go to war? You have no other alternative. As such, your flowchart is directed. That's the other thing. You should be able to explain to us exactly what you're doing with everything that goes on, including the fallout that comes with it that you didn't expect. Because everything should be planned to the minute detail. The idea that you're still somewhat surprised by what's going on and not even sure what you can trust from coming from Israel or... Bullshit. Never has there been a more important time for us to be getting relevant, clear, consistent, and credible information. And what do we get from the media? Being babysat by a bunch of people who have one and only one interest in mind is not fun anymore. And frankly, I'm going to stand up at the next open mic and berate all of us for putting up with it. I'm as much to blame here as anybody, but I'm not the only one at fault.